Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for November the 4th of 2020. Of course, this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry, hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week. It is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But we could be getting a glimpse at the future of the Xbox Series S and it looks a little bit cramped because the Xbox Series S will have 364 gigabytes of storage available for games according to a Reddit user who appears to have obtained the digital only console ahead of its release and claimed that 148 gigabytes of its 512 gigabyte SSD is reserved for operating system functions. If true, the figure would closely match the storage space reserved in the original Xbox One console for OS functions. It was previously revealed that the premium Xbox Series X reserves almost 20% of its 1TB internal SSD storage for its operating system, leaving around 800GB usable for software. Although the available storage appears to be surprisingly small for a digital-only console, Microsoft has claimed the game install sizes will be approximately 30% smaller on the Xbox Series S than on the Series X. Xbox Director of Program Management Jason Ronald told IGN that because of the smaller resolution texture packages required for games on Series S, which will run software natively at 1440p as opposed to at 4K on the Series X, install sizes will be significantly reduced. Quote, with a performance target of 1440p at 60fps, our expectation is that developers will not ship their highest level mipmaps to Xbox Series S, which will reduce the size of the games, he said. Of course, Microsoft recently detailed the custom storage options that will be available to Series X and S owners and explained why storage expansion cards for the consoles cost $220. Of course, you can plug your USB 3.1 HDD or SSD from your Xbox One and connect it to the Series X and S and play all of their current-gen games, but if you do want to play those next-gen titles, you do have to have either the game installed on the internal SSD or on your external SSD card that is a partnership with Seagate and Xbox. So that's not a lot of space. Even if you factor in the potential for developers to optimize their games for the Xbox Series S and reduce their sizes, that's still just not a lot of space. I mean, we're talking about something that is 364 gigabytes. That is incredibly small. One terabyte, I feel, should be the industry standard, and even that should be on its way out the door. Because these games continue to get bigger and bigger. And of course, we have seen uh, that there are potential uh, enhancements coming, there are potential improvements coming in storage solutions. But even this new Call of Duty, Black Ops Cold War, has an incredibly huge install size. Uh, And so whenever you're looking at these titles, it's very important to consider which console you want because you might not be able to play all the games that you need to play. Uh, Of course, this is all happening because the Xbox Series S is an incredibly affordable console. We're talking about something that is technically next-gen, although it's not 4K, it is technically next-gen, and it is $299. That is very affordable, and the reason it's so affordable is because it does not have much storage space. These SSDs are pretty expensive. These custom NVMe SSDs cost a lot of money, and so you have to be able to parse them back to be able to show people the value of their console. 
And so the same could be said for why PlayStation 5 has an 825 gigabyte SSD and it still cost $499. Uh, if they were to bump that up to one terabyte, it would have pushed it over to probably around $699. And that's a little bit high. Uh, and so whenever you look at these logistics, it is uh, very interesting to see how both sides of the playing field are approaching this generation. But for the Xbox Series S, it seems 364 gigabytes of storage is available for games. It's also a bit complicated because I love the look of the Xbox Series S. It is probably my favorite console design to date. It just looks fantastic. I love its minimalism. I love everything about it. It's just very cool. I would want one on my desk just as a decoration. Uh, but if you were to pick up an Xbox Series S and then invest $220 in the expansion card, at that point you might as well have bought an Xbox Series X. So if you think about it like that, uh, then you have a bit of a conundrum. Now on top of that, you could say, I'm just going to use this for Game Pass games, which in my mind is what this console is primarily good for. Uh, and so if you do approach it that way, uh, then you don't really have that much to worry about because you can play a couple of games at a time, install four or five games from Game Pass on your console, and then delete them when you're done. If you aren't uh, continually adding more and more to your library, then it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, then as a digital-only console, you can't just re-download anything that you buy or anything that you have on Game Pass whenever you would like. So it's not that big of a deal, but it really comes down to the difficulty of managing that file system or just loading stuff up and continually adding more and more to your library, uh, as I have done for the past 10 years. Uh, but regardless, that is what we can expect from the Xbox Series S according to the fine people over at Reddit. Now moving on, Resident Evil Village is getting some new PS5 specific features. So Capcom just detailed a bit more about how you'll be able to enjoy Village if you manage to pre-order a PS5 and got an apartment big enough to fit for it. Uh, first off, obviously, Resident Evil Village will look really good on PS5 thanks to ray tracing and 4K, assuming you saved up for a 4K TV. Loading times will be much faster on the PS5 as well thanks to the PS5's SSD. Long gone are the days where you could make a Jill sandwich while the door opened. Yep, no loadings were, uh, wait, yeah, no loadings were not that long on PS1. No, they were not. Uh, good joke over there. Uh, but when it comes to gameplay, the DualSense controller and its epic feedback and the new fancy vibration function simulates the weight of real firearms. Same with adaptive triggers. If it's really realistic, maybe PS5 will launch by itself a whole new dumb debate of playing video games makes you violent. Lastly, we have the Tempest 3D Audio Tech available on compatible headphones, basically another new fancy PS5 thing that would be perfect for those challenging themselves playing in the dark with headphones on. The atmosphere in a survival horror game is primordial, and the sounds play a huge part of it. That's pretty much it. Note that Capcom has not revealed a single second of live gameplay footage for Village yet, much less on PS5. We only have trailers, which do look pretty nice if you're into horror games. But meanwhile, the author of this article will be waiting for a new Justice Gokken Arrival Schools if you are not a weeb. Sure, why not? Strange article. Um, but... Uh, basically, Capcom is putting in all of the next-gen features into Resident Evil Village. And I see these articles and I'm torn because I know that you guys should know about all the enhancements coming, but ultimately this is just a next-gen game. That's kind of what it comes down to. You do have these developers taking advantage of what the console can provide, as they should because it's a new console. Uh, so going forward, I'm not sure if I'll be reporting on this specifically because if a new video game for next gen is getting its PS5 specific features, 
I sure hope it does. You know, like it's that kind of situation. Uh, but Days Gone is getting some PS5 enhancements as well. You can play a pretty up version of Days Gone with some PS5 enhancements incoming. In a tweet, the studio behind the game announced that Days Gone on PS5 will support up to 60fps with dynamic 4K resolution, and your saves will transfer from PS4 to PS5. That way, you can keep your progress or start a new game plus on your shiny new hardware. The tweet is not clear if these enhancements are coming from the PS5 hardware boost or the most recent update. Days Gone is bound to find a new audience too, as it's part of the PlayStation Plus collection on PS5. The list of 20 curated games will be available to play on PS5 at launch with your PlayStation Plus subscription. It includes notable first-party games like God of War and The Last of Us Remastered, along with third-party games like Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy and Monster Hunter World. If you're itching for something new to play on launch day and have a Plus subscription, Sony has also announced that Bug Snacks will be coming as a bonus game in November, but only to PS5 owners. Of course, it will also be offering Destruction All-Stars through Plus when the game launches in February as well. So if you do want to dive into Days Gone, it is getting a bit of a boost on next-gen hardware. And of course, if you are getting a PlayStation 5, you probably are going to be getting a PlayStation Plus subscription or transferring yours over. So there you have it, another enhanced game you can play on your new piece of hardware. But to round out today's show, Starfield's game engine will be a leap forward, Bethesda says. Starfield, Bethesda Softworks' next big role-playing game, will be powered by an overhauled creation engine whose capabilities will be larger, uh, a larger leap than the one seen from 2002's The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind on Xbox to 2006's The Elder Scrolls III Oblivion on Xbox 360, according to Bethesda Game Studios director Todd Howard. Hold on, I believe that this is Elder Scrolls IV. Uh, that's just me though. Um, hmm. Uh, anyways, yeah, so it's going to be bigger than the leap from Morrowind to Oblivion. In a keynote appearance for the Develop Brighton Online Conference, Howard added that the sci-fi RPG will rely more on procedural generation than past Bethesda titles did. He begins talking about Starfield at the 5038 point or so if you did want to check that out. Quote, from rendering to animation to pathing and procedural generation, I don't want to say everything, but it's a significant overhaul. Howard told host James Batchelor of GamesIndustry.biz. It's taken us longer than we would have liked, and it's going to power everything we're doing with Starfield and Elder Scrolls VI. When people see the results, they'll hopefully be as happy as we are with what's on the screen and how we can go about making our games. Both Starfield and the untitled next chapter of The Elder Scrolls were announced during Bethesda's E3 2018 showcase. Development on both is still on the don't-hold-your-breath waiting stage, with the publisher saying most recently that The Elder Scrolls VI will follow Starfield and that it will come years from now. Howard held to that forecast, or the lack of one, in the keynote with Develop Brighton. We'd like to, as much as possible when we show it, really be able to show what the final product feels like, looks like, and we're closer to release so that we are 100% confident. Here it is, here's what it does, and here's when you can play it, Howard said. Bethesda Game Studios has held its cards closely on big announcements going back to 2016's Fallout 4, which was first revealed just five months before its launch. Generally speaking, though, Howard said that the engine advancements will give players a greater role in future Bethesda Game Studios titles, significantly increasing the size of their world cities as a result. The studio will also maintain its commitment to mod support, and both games, Starfield and The Elder Scrolls VI, will launch on Xbox Game Pass thanks to Microsoft's recent acquisition of Howard's company. In his hour-long appearance, Howard also spoke expansively on the rise of The Elder Scrolls franchise, the expectations facing Fallout 76, and the repairs of that game undertaken over the past two years. So, first and foremost, the headline here, Starfield's game engine will be a leap forward. 
nice. Okay, because the creation engine needs a bit of help. We need something that is truly next gen, and to achieve next gen, you need something that is running on a better engine. Uh, not to say that the creation engine is bad, but it could certainly use some work, uh, and I expect Starfield to be a pretty impressive title. Uh, now, the bigger story here is that we still have no release date for The Elder Scrolls 6, or we have no definitive release date for Starfield, uh, which, again, is not to be expected. But I respect it, and I'll tell you why. If you look at things that have happened during the course of 2020, you have a lot of games that were supposedly going to come out at one point or another, and they have just been pushed. The biggest one that comes to mind is Halo Infinite, but if you look at my timeline, if you look at the Jam Pack Report episodes that have come out over the past few months, uh, you see that a lot of games have been pushed out. Most recently, we have Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine, both pushed out sometime into 2021. Uh, we have a lot of impact here, and so to be able to narrow it down to a definitive timeline to be able to say this is the game here it is running on a console here it is coming out november x whatever it might be that is awesome and it needs to happen that way because if you look at something like cyberpunk 2077 the release date was originally in april then it got pushed back to the fall now it's getting pushed back to december Ultimately, it would save developers heartache, and it would save developers stress, and it would save the community stress, and it would save the community anger and frustration if you just didn't put a release date on it until it was definitively ready at some point, maybe even three months before launch, give it a release date, and be sure you know the release date. And I think that's Bethesda's approach. Uh, and so it's nice to see they are taking that, but ultimately excited to dive into Starfield, especially since it is going to be on Game Pass, uh, which is a fantastic feature. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything we talked about here today. But specifically, how do you feel about the Xbox Series S only having 364 gigs of usable space? Would love to hear your thoughts. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon and peace.